You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey there, coaches. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I am really excited to share it with you because it is all about our bread and butter, which is the coaching cycle, how to conduct a coaching cycle in six easy steps. You might be saying six steps seems like a lot, but it's just because I broke them down into really specific components because I wanted to make sure you had the tools you need. And the best part is there is a free download that you can grab at the show in the show notes um, all about how to conduct a coaching cycle. And as we go through this episode, I'm going to be noting which components have a, um, a part in that free download so you can make sure you grab it. So the last podcast episode, I introduced different kinds of coaching support that you can provide to teachers. And I introduced that the number one most impactful, um, life-changing coaching support you can provide is the coaching cycle. And that's because it is differentiated. It is focused on what the teacher needs. It is targeted support that is exactly... Um, Uh, going to meet the need in their classroom and it's going to impact their teaching and learning. So in this episode, we're really going to dig into the coaching cycle because it's a simple structure that gives you a lot of freedom to support teachers in different ways. So let's talk about that really quickly. The three parts of the coaching cycle are one, pre-conference, two, the observation, model lesson, or co-taught lesson, and three, the debrief. And I really wouldn't veer from that structure. And I have a horror story to tell you why. Um, if you coach long enough, you've got horror stories, right? Like, like things that you tell other coaches in whispered tones <laughs> when you have your annual coaching meeting across the district. <laughs> and then she threw the guided reading binder at me. <laughs> That's a real one that I heard. Um, anyway, I, nobody threw a guided reading binder at me. Thank God. <laughs> but, um, I do have my own horror story and it was, I would say 80% my fault. So Here's the thing. I was initiating a coaching cycle with a teacher, but I really didn't know how to go about structuring it. And so we had a planning time set up to prepare for this lesson. But um, this teacher honestly stressed me out because we spoke such different philosophical language. We had a completely different impression of what teaching and learning should look like. And so the teacher was late to the planning session. And I was like, you know what, that's fine, because I don't even know how to address this with her anyway. So I thought, well, I'll just go model a lesson and then it'll be fine. Like whatever I show her, it's, I mean, I know she wants to see this topic, so it'll be fine. Um, so the teacher was late to the planning session. I should have rescheduled. I did not. Uh, I asked her to send me a copy of the text they were going to be using that week for shared reading. Um, and I asked her to send it to me at the beginning of the week so that I could prepare for my lesson on Wednesday. And I did not get that text. I did not get it until I walked into her classroom on Wednesday to deliver the lesson. So already you can probably see that this is not going to be the best support that I ever provided. Um, so I walk into the classroom. I see the text projected on the on a screen. I immediately register that it is not age or developmentally appropriate. I mean, it wasn't like <laughs> Fifty Shades or anything, but it was not um, what the, that group of kids needed. It was a really challenging text, and it involved a lot of details that were not relevant to them. It was a historical text, and it wasn't even remotely <laughs> where they were reading. And so I was like 
oh. <laughs> but at that point, I felt like it was too late for me to say, you know what, I can't do this lesson. And it was. I should have told her, I don't have a copy of this text. I cannot do this lesson today. I needed to tell her that earlier in the day, and I didn't because I was embarrassed. And I just wanted to get it over with because I was stressed out. So the one good thing that I did do is I set up some basic behavior expectations with the students. And I'm so thankful I did that because management was one of the main areas that she was struggling in. Although the way she worded it was that the kids were awful. Uh, they were disrespectful and terrible and they didn't listen. In my coaching head, my coaching brain, I didn't hear that. I Now I hear it differently. At the time, I didn't hear it as asking for help. I heard it as a complaint. Um, but now I know if she was asking for help in the only way that she knew how. So I set up some basic behavior expectations with the kids and I used some whole brain teaching methods, which thankfully engaged them and got them excited to do the lesson. I finished my lesson. I got through it and I darted out of that room because I did have an, a meeting immediately following this, but we had not set up a time to debrief that lesson in advance. So that was a huge mistake because time just sort of passed and we never debriefed. And the next time that I saw her in the hallway, I asked about how she thought the lesson went. Not a good place to ask that question, by the way. And she said, well, they were good because you were there. And I was like, well, yeah, but I mean, that was like by design, right? <laughs> but that wasn't, that wasn't the way it looked because she didn't know the thought that had gone into setting up those expectations, using whole brain specifically for that class because they were high energy and needed lots of engagement. She hadn't been privy to any of that decision-making. That was all on me, guys. That was my fault. Um, so from that experience, I learned a lot of what not to do, which is kind of what like my first year of coaching was, <laughs> the what not to do year. Um but I mean, at least I learned it, right? Because that's how we get better. We have to learn what not to do sometimes so we can figure out what to do. So I've got these six steps here that are going to help you implement a coaching cycle in a classroom. So you will hopefully not have a horror story to share like I do, because um, it did not feel good. I dreaded that classroom. I dreaded meeting with a teacher because I knew that I had messed up and I should have told her I messed up and this is why. And now that's what I would do. But at the time, I felt like I didn't know how to address it. So here we go. Let's talk about these six steps so you will not have the same crummy experience. So step one, for your first round of coaching, if this is your first round of coaching as a coach or on a campus, choose very carefully. You want to start with a friendly. And a friendly is someone who is open to your support. Um, you want to start with a teacher who has some stuff going on, but who would like to try something new. Do not start with the teacher who doesn't like you. I know they're out there. Isn't that shocking, right? But they are. There are teachers who don't like you, or maybe they don't like the idea of you, which may or may not be you, um, but it doesn't matter. It manifests in the same way. They don't want you around. And if you start there, you're going to have such a bad experience that you're going to be afraid to go into any other classrooms and you might get a bad rap. And you don't want that. So do not start with a resistant teacher. You want to start with a teacher who is ready to grow. Okay. Um, also, don't start with a teacher who has every amazing thing going on. Okay. Because that's overwhelming. You want to start with a good solid teacher who'd like to try something new. And um, if they have a positive influence over their grade level, even better, because once you get your foot in the door there, you can use that to help you open other doors. 
Step two is invite that teacher to work with you, okay? And there are lots of fun ways to do this, or you can just go ask them. It doesn't have to be really complicated. Um, the point is that they need to know what to expect. So you could do an, in, uh, an invitation like in the email, or you can do a physical invitation. And I actually have a sample of that in your um, free download that you can get at the, uh, in the show notes. But you can just ask them and say, uh, this is what a coaching cycle is. It's going to be flexible based on the needs and goals of you and your classroom. It's going to be focused on learning that students should be doing anyway. It's not something extra because that's what they're afraid of because we don't have time for extra stuff in the classroom, right? We are busy. So you want to focus on the teaching and learning that's actually going on. It's usually around two to four weeks long because after you complete the first cycle and get to the debrief, you're probably going to go back through and do some more work together, right? I mean, that's ideal. Uh, it's scheduled at a time that works for both the teacher and the coach and the kids. You don't schedule it during PE or library time. No point. It's about learning and growing together and it's fun and purposeful. The teacher's going to walk away with something useful. So you can, after you've invited that teacher and she says, of course she will say, yes, I would love to work with you because you chose a friendly, right? Um, you are going to set up a time for your pre-conference. And during this pre-conference, you're going to make it purposeful. You're going to come up with a plan for your conversation beforehand. Okay. And you're going to focus on what the teacher's goal is and what your coaching goal is. So I cannot say this enough times. You have to plan together for everything. So the idea is that if you have not planned for something, it is going to mess it up. If you have not planned for management, management will be tricky for you to manage between the two of you. If you have not planned for what resources you're going to use, you're going to walk into that classroom and find an age inappropriate text like I did. <laughs> if you have not planned for when you're going to debrief, you're not going to debrief. So you need to make sure that you have a plan set up together. Okay. And these are some of the things that you're going to plan for together. You're going to figure out what kind of service you're going to provide. Will you model? Will you co-teach? Will you observe and, and record feedback? You can do this with a coaching menu as well. Um, that's actually in your free download too. So you're walking away with a, with a treasure chest today of coaching stuff. In the free download is a printable coaching menu that you can use to show teachers what options of support you can provide. So you can talk to the teacher and say, these are the options that I have to offer you. What's going to work best for this coaching cycle? You also want to plan the learning target for the lesson. And an easy question to think about for that is what do students need to know and do in this lesson? Okay, then you need to plan the lesson. It doesn't have to be really complicated. A simple plan. I mean, if you think about the plans that sometimes teachers have to turn in where it's like the target and the goal and the outcome and the objective written in five different ways and the materials and the standards number. Of course, you need to start with standards. But beyond that, you don't have to do a lot of really intricate planning to make sure that you each know what your responsibilities are during this lesson. So use a resource a teacher is already using um, unless they want to try something new, but keep it simple and focused and really plan out that lesson. Okay, so a simple plan that includes the target, the steps in the procedure and which materials you use will be fine. Embed the vocabulary and any questions that you're going to ask in the procedure rather than separating them out. Whenever you put them in a special place, questions to ask, you're not going to ask those questions because what you want to know is where do they go in the lesson? That's what's relevant. So 
make sure that you include um, every component in that lesson. And I recommend using a two or three column planner. So um, I have a sample of that in the show notes that you can download and you can print that out and write on it to plan your lesson with a teacher. That should help you a little bit. Um, but the idea is on the left side, I had timeframes on the, in the first column timeframes and what the main task was going to be. So if it was going to be a class discussion about making inferences, for example, then in the middle column was my column, teacher A, and then the third column was the teacher's column, teacher B, or you can reverse it. It doesn't matter. Whoever wants to be A can be A. (laughs) So the idea is you are designating who is doing what at each time. So during this class discussion, who is asking the questions and what questions are they asking? Who is charting the information on an anchor chart, if that's the way you're going to record the learning? Somebody's maybe handing out materials. Somebody is circulating, making sure students understand. Somebody is start doing sentence starters. There are different roles that you can do, but you want to make sure that everybody knows what their role is. That's the main point. So you also want to plan for the classroom management plan. So if you have no system in place in that classroom, which does often happen, um, you're going to want to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and establish a few basic procedures that I would like students to follow or a few basic expectations um, just to make sure that I can uh, participate in the management appropriately. If there is a system in place, just figure out what your role in that is going to be. Is the teacher going to be completely responsible for management? Are you completely responsible? Will you share responsibility? You kind of have to figure out who's going to do what, because if not, it can be really awkward when you have a student who's walking out of the classroom in the middle of a read aloud and you were under the impression they weren't supposed to go to get a drink of water at that time and the teacher said it was totally fine. So you have to maybe have those conversations beforehand so everybody kind of knows the game plan. It's especially important to be thoroughly planned during co-teaching because it is not fun to do a co-taught lesson and to don't when you don't know who's doing what. That's really stressful. Step four, build in time to debrief as part of your plan. On the bottom or the top or somewhere on your plan, you need to have a date and time set when you are going to meet with a teacher after the lesson to reflect on a few things, Okay. That should probably be either later that day or the next day, if possible, because the farther away you get away from an event, the less likely you are to remember what happened. Um, So you want to really focus on a few things for debriefing. You want to focus on the effectiveness of the plan on student learning. So this is what we planned. This is what we delivered. How did this impact student learning? What adjustments should we make? What next steps should we conduct? And what kind of support should be provided to students to make sure that they can get good at whatever it is we're asking them to do. You can also respond to teacher questions. They may say something like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Um, All those are great questions, right? So you have your time built in to debrief as part of your plan. And you're keeping those things in mind as you are conducting your lesson, which is step number five, conduct the lesson. Whatever lesson you decided to do, do it. If you scheduled an observation, then you're going to go in and observe, take notes, because you're going to provide feedback to the teacher as part of your debrief. If you scheduled a modeled lesson, you're going to walk in prepared, and then you are going to deliver that lesson 
and you are going to make mental notes. I mean, you could write things down, but it's a little awkward um, about what you're going to talk about in your debrief. And if you are doing a co-taught lesson, both of you are contributing to that lesson at the same time. You are communicating and then you are going to debrief afterwards. Okay. The last step is number six, debrief. And I know I keep saying debrief because that is how essential it is. Um, sometimes this step gets left off. You might plan for a lesson and then you deliver the lesson and then you just kind of never talk about it again. <laughs> but that doesn't work. It doesn't impact anybody's teaching or learning. So just like with students, if you give them an assessment, I mean, that's just an example, you're going to go over it somehow. You're going to talk about it with them. You're not just going to hand it, send it home and hope that they learn something. That doesn't make a difference in their learning. So here with a debrief, um, it's essential for the teacher's growth and for yours too as a coach. So here are a couple of tips to make your debrief especially purposeful. You're going to rehearse. I rehearsed a lot. Um, use some sentence starters that you've kind of planned out to make sure that you're focused on certain things during your conversation. You don't want to get kind of like sidelined and removed from, you know, a, a good reflection of, of student learning, setting up those next steps and figuring out what kind of support should be provided next. Okay, so use those sentence starters to help you plan out a really solid conversation. I mean, it's not always going to go that way, but you want to plan, you want to feel prepared. Um, actually, in your free download, I have a set of sentence starters that you can use for debriefing that may help you rehearse your conversation. So totally grab those. Um, you want to focus on the goals. How did they go? The teacher's goal, the learning target, did it work? Was it impactful? Were students responding? You can collect evidence during your lesson to discuss these goals and then evaluate it during the debrief. So if students wrote a, learn, a learning log or a reading response or some sort of piece, completed some kind of an activity, collect those during the debrief, spread them out, look across the work, and what do you notice? Do you see students adequately... Uh, applying the learning? Or do you see some real gaps that they need to grow in that you can address next time? And then the last thing that you want to think about in the debrief is what are your next steps? Because in a coaching cycle, it's not a one shot wonder, right? We know those don't work. We want to go in, establish a relationship and continue to grow this classroom over time, which is why they can last two to four weeks. So your next steps are going to help you um, plan your next round of coaching. So let's say that your teacher says something along the lines of, I think that students need more practice in writing this kind of a response. Maybe we need to do more modeling. And you can say, okay, well, this time I did a model lesson where I modeled the lesson for you and your kids. What do you think about a co-taught lesson next time? We can both participate. We can both model in different ways. And that way kids get different impressions of the same strategy. And then they can try it again. So they get some more practice and hopefully the teacher says, that sounds awesome. So that debrief is going to help you plan your next steps. Um, so it's super essential for growing that relationship with your teacher. So a couple of next steps for you to do yourself. Download that free download for uh, coaching in classrooms because it's going to give you those invitations, a coaching menu that you can use, some debriefing sentence starters that are really going to help you debrief, and a planning uh, tool that you can use if you are doing a, a lesson, co-taught lesson with your teachers, okay? So definitely download that. And then I want you to think about what is a good place to start. Look across your faculty. Who would be a great first coaching cycle if you haven't already conducted one or if you've had some bad luck and you really want to try something different. Stop and think, who in my faculty is a friendly? <laughs> 
somebody who has some good solid practices going on, but would like to try something new, choose that person and then let me know. I want to hear from you. So if you go on Instagram and you share about a coaching cycle or some of the coaching work that you're doing as a result of this podcast, I want you to tag it, hashtag it buzzing about coaching, because I'm going to enter you into a drawing, a monthly drawing that I host for coaches who are sharing their coaching work um, on Instagram using buzzing about coaching as a hashtag. So you're going to enter, be entered to win a free coaching resource. And that's going to be a resource from my TPT store. It could be the coaching newsletters. So you can teach, keep your teachers informed. Um, there's a couple of different options that I'll give you. I'll let you choose which one you want out of like four different things. So definitely share your thinking on Instagram, share your uh, attempts to learn. It could be an Insta story, whatever. Hashtag me and I will enter you to win. I'm really excited about next week. We have a special guest, Nicole Turner of Simply Coaching, and she is going to share some tips about debriefing. So if you have some questions about how to have a conversation, providing feedback to your teachers without ticking everybody off and putting everybody on the defense um, while helping them think and grow, then definitely tune into that episode because I'm really excited for Nicole to share some of her tips and her sit and starters as well. Happy coaching and tune in next week. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.